And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up? Well, I'm just here to tell the real story of NFTs with you. As uh, do you think, ten weeks of preparation, research, and conversations uh, is enough? I am ready to talk about fungible ape photos. <laughs> Fungi—that's uh, a type of a visit. Non. Oh, non fungible. Is that the kind of visit you get in jail where they let someone else? <laughs> is that a fungible visit? I don't know. Or is that conjugal? Oh no! That asking yeah, asking for asking for a friend here. Conjugal, you're friend. right. Yes, non conjugal. Yeah, asking visit. for that's what non non conjugal tokens. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think that's what we're supposed to talk about today because my notes that, here that's say as much that we bullshit. <laughs> that's just as much bullshit as non fungible tokens is. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> well, we've had ten weeks of research to try to figure that out. And, you know, for those of you listening, if you haven't caught this series from the beginning, it started on April 1st, which was not an April fool's joke. When we published an episode titled (laughs) WFT is an NFT. One of my favorite titles of all time, actually. Yes. Uh, But we kind of, I think a lot of people were asking that man, WFT is an NFT. So, you know, we got into answering it. We followed up the next week discussing nft art one week later nfts in the music industry and then we had a special visit from nfl hall of famer eddie george who used nfts to introduce a collection of content that had some well we say we like to tell the real story of entrepreneurship he was telling the real story of what it's like to be an nfl player looking forward to catching the rest of those we talked about earning you can earn, Matt. You can earn with NFTs. Yes. Uh, you can play to earn. You can move to earn. You can do a whole lot of stuff to earn. We're talking about tracking NFT assets inside the NFT industry, the dark side of NFTs. And then we just got into whether any of this is legit or bullshit. And now we're going to wrap up that whole thing. Yeah, well, you know what's not bullshit is the fact that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Well, Matt, nine episodes later, we learned that non-fungible tokens, not not non-conjugal. <laughs> that's a mouthful, like, I mean, man. It's a, like, that's a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if there's a lot in a name, that's not, I mean, I would have to go back and say that maybe not well-named. There's a reason they just call it an NFT. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, my favorite the other day was uh, Elon Musk uh, posted on Twitter like he always does. And it was uh, a whole collage of Bored Ape 
NFTs. And it's like, well, they seem pretty fungible to me. <laughs> which made ApeCoin rise sharply, which yeah. I, I think is not a great sign for an asset. When, when one influencer can post a tweet and that's, wildly change the value of something. I mean, that the, is the world that, of crypto. Not, I know that's a weird, that's a weird thing. Right. And uh, I mean, that's kind of always gone on with crypto. Who was the one dude, the, 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 the weird guy, McAfee. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. There's been, there's been a yeah. bunch of people over time that have hyped this stuff up and, uh, you know, they, they, it's like they had a way of moving the markets, right? And you know, they had to be doing a yeah. little manipulation and making some money from it. Oh, yeah. No doubt Elon Musk is like, okay, I'm going on SNL tonight. I'm going to buy some Dogecoin before I go on and I'm going to pump this shit and I'm going to have my people That didn't sell it work out. Me. That didn't work out. No. Yeah. I got on the bad. I was on the bad side of that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel, I've been I don't on the bad, bad side of, I've been on the bad side of, Probably all things NFT, all things crypto. In fact, I'm thinking about starting a service where I'll tweet out when I'm getting ready to buy something so you can dump it. <laughs> it's that, a, that's pretty yeah. been, been, been uh, my whole experience with crypto. I've learned every way to lose money with crypto pretty much. Yeah, I have too. So, you know, I think another thing too is like maybe I'll do my own NFT and NFT holders will get that info. Like the, the, it's like a pre-sale password code kind of thing. So, so yeah, you know, who knows? in general, I, I, I do believe the technology behind NFTs has value and we will see value out of it in the future. But, you know, I, I think, you know, to date it's been used for games and buying land in the metaverse. And, and we'll talk about, you know, more of that, I'm sure during our episode today. And it's been used a lot in art. But I don't know if it's found its true use case yet. But just like when smart contracts came out with Ethereum several years ago, there wasn't a lot of things in Ethereum that were really used in smart contracts. And then NFTs came out or uh, DeFi came out, which is decentralized financing. So you could like put your Bitcoin up and borrow dollars against your Bitcoin and do all these different financial things. And it uses a lot of smart contracts a lot like it's this huge boom. And so far with NFTs, we've mostly seen it as art, which has been kind of a gimmick, in my opinion, and not what we'll see maybe in the future of like more real world use cases of the technology. Well, so it, it was just a little over a year ago that the gold rush for NFTs really kind of began. And what's one thing we've always said about a gold rush is that the people that usually make money during the gold rush are the people that sell pickaxes and shovels. Dude. The, the guys yeah. that created OpenSea are the ones that are made all the money. Like that company is supposedly I mean, worth yeah. like billions now. Well, and then also you've got some of the people that created the damn NFTs. Yeah. That, you know, uh, a lot of them. So it's it's been pretty interesting because, you know, as mentioned, we started this series on April 1st and we started recording it a couple of weeks before that. But uh, we've kind of seen the NFT thing really... Uh, to go in a sharp decline. Now it's kind of followed the market trend where, I mean, crypto kind of did the same thing, but the gold rush for NFTs really started in the spring of 2021 when Beeple, and Beeple's an artist. So Beeple's every day, the first 5,000 days, that sold for $69 million. Not doll hairs, Matt, dollars. And 
Yeah, but if he had $69 million doll hairs, that'd probably be worth a lot too, but not as much as $69 million. So yeah, that kind of started putting the spotlight on digital art. Now with that, um, you've seen a lot of, you know, so still, you know, 50% of NFT sales are, you know, less than 200 bucks. Yeah. 69 million bucks, man, for a JPEG. It's crazy. And, you know, and, and, the, the whole thing with the the digital art I don't get is I okay you you claim that you own it and you claim that you own the original but like so what like I can still put it on my computer I can still print it out I can still make a poster of it like just because you claim that you own it like anybody can make copies of it well and then one of the things too and we kind of talked about this in in the the prior episode um, you, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of imposter stuff. And, you know, I bought some grandpa apes, which look a lot like a board ape. In fact, I've had people, I did not buy 11 board apes. I didn't, I didn't, they look like them, but that's not what they are. But here's the thing, man, that people asking me, they're like, dude, how much did you pay for that ape? I'm like 30 bucks. (laughs) <laughs> and seventy five dollars in I, gas fees, and then seventy five dollars <laughs> in gas fees to get it. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Ethereum. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I was shocked the other day because I, as I was kind of rounding this out, so oh man, I immersed myself in this whole NFT thing, and so I, I've gone through a bit of a of a liquidation event at the end of this because um, you know I had ducks, angry pit bulls, <laughs> apes. I mean, it was a bloodbath, man. I can't. Did you have any squiggly lines? No, no. no. <laughs> Those are my favorite. All that shit didn't appreciate <laughs> fast enough for me to leverage it into a doodle. I mean, you, what the fuck is that, by the way? I don't know, like, man. I mean, literally, like a cur- like a curved line, like a curved red line, a rainbow you know, color like, okay. colored lines or whatever. Okay, that's gonna be. Uh, that's going to be $8,000, please. I'm like, what? <laughs> For what? I'm just going to have my so, kids yes. come draw stuff from now on and sell it as NFTs. Well you, well, you talk about gas fees. I mean, in last week's episode, that was the thing we said. We were like, not legit. But as I was, you know, kind of, I had like a very small amount left in my 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 digital wallet at OpenSea. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one more Grandpa Ape. And I was so thrilled that the gas fee was only nine dollars. Yeah, the fees have come. I mean, down. I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, I didn't even think I had enough money for it because I was expecting the gas fees to like blow up the whole transaction. So let's talk about that. Like, that's the thing that's crazy for me is like, I mean, people complain about buying. You know, they're like, "I bought a thirty dollar ticket on Ticketmaster, and there's twenty seven dollars worth of fees." Hold my beer, man," said the <laughs> NFT community. Because, I mean, it's crazy. Like, yeah. why exactly does it cost so much? Well, the, and this has come up too. This has been a big thing. So, you know, Yuga Labs, which owns the Board Ape brand, also acquired all of CryptoPunks along the way. They launched ApeCoin and they sold five hundred million dollars worth of land in the metaverse, and they created like a huge log jam in the Ethereum network yes. along the way. Yes, that caused them to have to give back like hundreds of thousands of dollars in refunds, but people were paying thousands of dollars in gas fees. So the question I have, does that mean that there's someone like some Ethereum miner somewhere that just had like an amazing day because of that? 
Yeah, so Ethereum, if you're mining Ethereum right now, yeah, those gas fees go to the miners. And, uh, you know, Ethereum is going to change to proof of work instead of, I mean, proof of stake instead of proof of work. So it is going to change a little bit in the future. But yeah, I think there was like $100 million in gas fees or some crazy shit like that the day that they sold that metaverse land. Like it was just absurd. Just the transaction fees. It's crazy. So that was like, that was like the day. Like yeah. for like Ethereum, like the Ethereum miners, like I've been waiting for today. Yeah, well, and it just highlights the problem with blockchain stuff to begin with. Right now, is it is not very scalable and does not. Yeah, you, can't, you know, you think about how many transactions like Visa and Mastercard do a minute. Like blockchain does, I, it's got to be like one thousandth of that. Like it's nowhere even remotely close because any kind of new game that comes out or any of this stuff it always crashes whatever blockchain it comes out on like every time this is not scary. yeah the, so the thing is 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 you know i mean we we found i think that that's the most the biggest limiting factor i mean in my experience like that's the biggest deterrent of yeah you look at that you're like i mean you want no, it, it you're is trying to buy it. You're trying to buy an overpriced JPEG for 40 bucks and then it's like $97. Like, think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's, let's just look at the logic of that statement. So let me, let me, all right, let me explain this, Matt. Just tell me if this sounds legit or not. Okay, so Matt, I was, I was trying to buy a $47 JPEG earlier and I'm so pissed because after all the fees and everything, it came out to $107. Well... You know, What's the difference between that and like going to Adobe stock and buying the image for 99 cents? It's crazy. Now, I mean, the good news is there are other blockchains that have much lower transaction fees. And yeah. the NFT markets were starting to expand to those like on Solana and Polygon and Phantom and all these other blockchains that have much lower fees. Like the fees are less than a dollar. But for whatever reason, all the money and all the big money was still on Ethereum. And it's, I think that's still pretty much the case today. Like if you want to launch an NFT series and you want to make a lot of money selling it, that's where all the whales and the big money are on Ethereum. Well, let's talk about whales. Cause that's another thing that is really kind of tilted this market in an interesting direction. So like, you know, something like 85% or like, the, you know, you get back to this, this 80, 20 kind of thing where yeah. 80% of the transactions are, are occurring from a very small number of buyers. Um, I mean, does that, does that mean that when doodles come out that they're just people, just the same people or just, they own a hundred of them or. Well, they, I mean, it's pretty easy to control the market, right? If there's, you know, the thing with NFT is like, say there's a collection of 10,000 of them. You might only have like 500 or a thousand owners altogether because people own multiple of them. Like you said, you own 11 grandpa apes or something. And so Maybe seven. In, in a market, it all comes down to how many buyers and sellers do you have. And if you've got, you know, several people that own a bunch of them, they have no interest in selling them. So there may not be much to sell anyways. Like maybe there's 50 bored apes available that you could buy at any given time or whatever. If you just went and bought all of them up, now you control the market. So you can relist them and like double the price, right? And I think there's definitely some market making going on in some of these lesser known NFT series where people are are really kind of controlling the price and, and inflating the price when they're really not worth that. But because everything is anonymous and nobody knows who bought them or any of that, people can kind of manipulate the pricing around. 
Well, that's not always the case, though, because sometimes these purchases do actually get tracked back to people. Like in December of 2021, a CryptoPunk NFT sold for $532 million. Now, it was a record sale in the art world, but then it actually wasn't because the reports later revealed uh, a, a big issue with the transaction and the value of the NFT was actually pushed up by a single user who was the buyer and the seller. Yeah. I and wonder now, if- now with that, I, I don't understand the play there though. Cause if you look at the, like, okay, that's going to have some massive transaction fees. First off, yeah. you have to have $532 million to buy it from yourself, which is crazy. Which also means just say you were paying a two and a half percent fee. Ouch. So now you just pay like $12 million to buy your own NFT. Now, I mean, is that there, that smell, that smells stinky, man. Like, is that money? Is that likely money laundering? Rich people problems. I mean, but why? I saw, please explain the play to me there. Like, I don't, there's something weird there. I so right. much with NFTs, I feel like is, is turned into like a status symbol thing, right? Like people get a bored ape and they, put it on their Twitter and you got people like Eminem and Madonna and all these people that have went and bought board apes and they changed their avatars on social media. And it, it was like a giant, like ego stroking thing and like status symbol thing. Well, so what you're finding uh, to go with that is that, um, you know, so like Twitter, all right. So I'm, I'm on my Twitter page at decorsey Matt and I've got an ape in there and I've got the, what is that? Uh, what is it when Hexagon? it has six sides? No, six. Is that a hex? Yeah, hex. One, two, three, four, five, six sides. Yep. Which indicates on Twitter that you've used an NFT. Now, in that case, I do have to have the, what, what do we a call legit it? The legit non-fun- NFT. The, the non-fungical no, but you got to have it in it and like, here, I'll change it. Well, maybe, I mean, I can change it in a moment and it'll actually, you know, it'll view my, it'll look at my wallet. Only the super cool it'll, people it'll, have hexagons. Well, so, well, you don't have to be that cool. Cause it's, you have to be a member of Twitter blue, which yeah. is $2 a month. Now that might not <laughs> sound like a month, a, a lot, but when there's a hundred million people on it, that's a lot of dough for Twitter. So in that, in that same time to go with that, you've, you, Facebook, Instagram, all of it, all these things that display and show images are kind of racing to figure out how they're going to let people display their NFTs. In the meantime, people are just taking screenshots and posting them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you could go mint fake ones on OpenSea and then create your own collection and then just link that to your Twitter, I well, believe. So. so as you mentioned that, Matt, I had clicked on OpenSea and I hit the explore button. And one of the collections that is trending today, <laughs> the lost apes. Oh boy. Everything's an ape. Apes are really like apes are having a banner year. Well, I feel and- like apes and monkeys went from like being known from like flinging poop at the zoo <laughs> To like being what everyone wanted to be, man. Like they have their own coin. They're getting their own metaverse. Like they can even be bored and people are down with it. So good for you, apes. And so we talked about this one day about why they were apes. Why apes? Why bored apes? You remember that? So um, 
most people who invest in something, especially if they kind of blindly invest in something, uh, it's kind of a you know slang term of saying you ape into it. You like ape into something, you go buy a bunch of some of it. You don't like, I didn't do a lot of research or whatever, but I'm stupid and I just aped into it, right? And so a lot of crypto people, that's how they invest. They just blindly invest in all sorts of dumb, shitty projects and they ape into them, right? And so I think that was the play on the, the play on words, the joke of this. They were bored apes. You know, people like, as an investor, I'm an ape and I'm bored. I'm looking for the next thing to invest in. And so that I think that was where it all came from. Well, I was going to ape into giving you an ape, but then I blew all my money on gas fees. So I have no way to get it over <laughs> to you. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, so the NFT and the art side has definitely gotten all the press and all the highlight. And we've been talking about that. And I think over the last like 12 months or so, it was definitely a huge hype cycle. I would say it all came crashing down right around at the end of the Super Bowl, around March 1st, right when Snoop Dogg released his his thing. And we can talk more about the music stuff. But I think that's about the time that the whole thing came crashing down, which, like you said, was about when we started recording these things. <laughs> yeah. Snoop got 44 million bucks the day after the Super Bowl, man. And that, and that wasn't difficult, much like it not being difficult to find expert software help when you go to fullscale.io. Where you can build a software team quickly and affordably, use the full-scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to lean to learn more. You do not need an NFT to enter. Oh, this isn't like a Gary no. V show? No. Do you need do you need NFTs to listen to his show? Uh to go to his uh in-person events. Like, yeah, you have to have an yeah, NFT to go Econ? to Econ. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's uh, like an ex- excuse to use NFTs. Like you don't need NFTs for yeah. that, right? You could use Eventbrite or Ticketmaster or something. But no. Yeah, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to a concert soon in the full scale suite, and I'm just gonna have I'm gonna have <laughs> the show your grandpa ape. Yeah, yeah, that's what I should do. So you know, for <laughs> I, I I used to be a ticket broker, which you used to work for one, and for years I carried a Justin Bieber fan club card. Yeah, I gotta tell you what, man. I used that shit. I got into. I've got. I've cut lines in it. I've gotten discounts with it. I've like. I mean, you walk up. There's a line like wherever you're at, and you walk right up, and you just flash the Bieber Fever card. And usually, the doorman laughs, laughs so hard that a 45 year old suburban dude came up with the Bieber Fever card. They let you in. They let you in, and and dude, that's that's very. Would that be fungible? Is it fungible if I can hold it? Uh, yeah. I think I think it means that you can like it's unique and you can't duplicate it. Didn't I go to a Justin Bieber concert with you recently? Yeah, we, we did. Admitting that on air. Yes, yeah. we. Yeah, I still yeah, have Bieber fever. Wanted to see that one. The, well, I didn't. I thought that shit was terrible. People kept asking me. Now, dude, I go to a lot of events. We've got a suite at the the now the T-Mobile Center, and I gotta tell you what, man, it's a. I was not on, it's not on my list. So, so now what is, well, what is on my list is, uh, you know, one of the things that I thought was pretty cool. I like the play to earn thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty neat. And, you know, I got a chance to sit down with Ben Topkins, who is the one of the founders um, at skatex.io. And I liked what they did because they have a game and, 
you know, that was a whole team of what they call triple, it's, I guess, triple A game designers. So if you've worked for like the big, I don't know. See, when I hear triple A, I think one notch below the big leagues. But apparently, <laughs> yeah, that's like triple yeah, A yeah. in sports. But I guess if you're a triple A game designer, that's like a big deal. And they have, a, they have a whole team of them and they've made a skateboard game. So with their NFTs, you buy your own unique uh, skate deck. And I'm assuming stuff that goes with it and you can get in there and play. I thought that was pretty cool, but I did ask him, you know, I'm like, so, but what's the real difference? Like, cause I can, I have a PlayStation five. I can go down and play Tony Hawk right now. I don't need a, I don't need an NFT for that. And you know, there isn't, I guess some of it's that back to that unique thing. Like, I guess Matt, you and I could have the same skateboard and that could be upsetting for some people. Well, and that's what's crazy about some of those games is the entry cost to play the game is super high. Like you spend like hundreds of dollars to buy an Axie Infinity Axie or a skateboard or like you have Steppen to buy shoes or whatever. And then you kind, you, of can, do you kind of do that with a PlayStation too, though, man. I think well, I paid like true. 60, 70 bucks for that game. Yeah. Well, and $300 for the console on top More. of it, right? More. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense, but it's just crazy to me that you spend hundreds of dollars to basically play the game. Now, what's interesting is as you play the game, you know, potentially you create new characters and you can sell that to somebody else or you get like kind of digital, you know, gold or gems or, you know, whatever the kind of currency is within the game. And then you potentially sell those to other people that want to that need that thing to do whatever you do in the game. So there's people that make money doing it. We talked about this before. There's like seemingly millions of dollars and or millions of people like in the Philippines and stuff that play Axie Infinity in these games because they can make a few dollars a day, which is a lot to them in these countries. And uh, there's people that make a lot of money doing it. Including the people that steal Axie Infinity because that happened along the way too. Well, you're talking about the hack? Yeah. Someone jacked all the Axies, man. For $600 million. Yeah. Did anything ever come of that? Uh, I haven't heard much about it. I think that was from their exchange they use for people that like have money and digital stuff in the game and that want to transfer it outside of the game. So it goes to like a crypto exchange and they, I know they, I, I did read an article that said they got a little bit of funding to help restore that. Like they crazy. basically ra- raised a huge round to just restore people's cash. Now, you know, that's one of the things that, I think you need to look out for. I think that 10 episodes later, I can't, I can't say, Hey dude, you should really buy NFTs. I I can't say that. I'm sorry. I can't not with, not with, uh, not with a clear conscience, man. I just can't. And, uh, um, I I really can't. I mean, on the game side, I can, I can see like you, you play the game and you, you know, you get a special sword or whatever, whatever, and you can sell it to somebody else. And (laughs) as somebody who has played games like that before, I have bought those swords from other people. Now, I did it without the blockchain. The blockchain may make it easier, and these games become marketplaces that make it easier for those transactions to happen and 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 incentivize people to play, to make or find the swords and sell them, and that's how they make money doing it. Like So I get it creates like this marketplace, which is cool. But at the end of the day, they're all sort of Ponzi schemes because there's got to be somebody else new coming in to buy the sword that you just earned, right? You got all these yeah. people, like a million people that play the game every day because they're trying to make these swords or whatever, but somebody else has got to come buy that sword, whatever the thing is. So it's a little bit of a Ponzi scheme. And then eventually you're going to have, you know, all these people that paid their $600 for their skateboards or whatever you're talking about. And then nobody wants to buy them anymore. Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. It's so much of this stuff is popular until it's not. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, I, yep. I don't, that, that's the main issue I've got here is like questionable sustainability. Like, for example, you like, you look at, let's, you just look at a board ape. Like, if that's a trend and that's a thing. All right. So, do you remember Von Dutch? Like, mm. the fashion brand, like Paris Hilton was like, they had all this stuff. I just watched a huge, uh, like a, a three part documentary about that. That was a very interesting story, but you know, it was like a huge fashion brand. All the stuff was really high priced. And then one day it wasn't, you know, and like, you know I mean? That's the way that you talk, you use the term hype cycles. Yeah. That's exactly what you find in fashion. Like, I mean, like your kids will probably be able to do a better job of explaining that to you on some days than other people. Like one, like one thing's cool. And then it's not. And when it's not, oh man, it's like some of this stuff, like, I mean, I, I guarantee you there's a lot of NFTs out there and a lot of NFT holders are like, wow, uh, this is really illiquid all of a sudden. Well, and you think that the value of things will perpetually just go up, right? But a lot of all this NFT stuff, no, it's just going to go down, I believe. Like you we, you got in on the hype side and then eventually nobody will want to buy this stuff anymore. It'll be like our old baseball cards when we're a kid. Like nobody wants yeah. to buy those anymore. Yeah. So let me see how much the cheapest, the cheapest board ape right now is $154,000. But let's talk about that for a second. Because another thing that controls that value is you could say, oh, all right. So this, that's 89 Ethereum. Now, 89 Ethereum is worth half as much as it was six months ago. Yep. Yep. So that's a whole nother thing. Like we learned that when we were like years ago, first uh, trading a little crypto here and there. And, you know, Bitcoin was kind of the quote gold standard. And so you could have like if Bitcoin went down 20%, it just drug everything else with it because that was the central token that people were often traded in and out of. And then you saw other things come out like these so-called stable coins. How's that going for Terra right now? Woo. Yeah. UST Luna Terra. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother. That was like billions that, of dollars. Wiped away literally billions of dollars billions. in assets in days. Yep. In I got days. hit with that one. And yeah. So the thing that, the thing that's challenging with that is, uh, okay. Could you really like trust UST again? Nope. Nope. I'm out on any kind of algorithmic, that's another word that's hard to say, stable coins and stuff in crypto. No way. (laughs) I think that's one of the things we actually probably learned is that there are more, there are a lot of unpronounceable things here. (laughs) You know, I made, I I asked Eddie George to say non-fungible token five times in a row really fast and he did it. He did it. Fungible token, non-fungible token, non-fungible token. That was three, but he did five. He nailed it. Now, you know, did you know that he's also been a Broadway performer? What? No. Yeah. How many people have scored like a hundred touchdowns or more in the NFL or in the NFL Hall of Fame and also start on Broadway and can say non-fungible token five times in a row really fast? That might be one of his greatest accomplishments. I want you guys listening at home to try it. It's not as easy as it sounds. So, okay. All right. So as we move forward in the series, we kind of got into, you know, there's, there's the, the earn stuff that was interesting. 
Um, and then we kind of got into the, you know, there's, there's this shady side. And I think that, you know, the, the whole collectibles industry has always been a little shady. Um, and so is art. I mean, art house, it can and has been, you know, you have, you know, there's well-known painters that use ghost painters. Um, there's fake, just fake, fake, fake. Like at one point back in the, uh, early nineties, like when Mark McGuire and, and, uh, Sammy Sosa were, you know, going for their home, their roided up home run records, uh, later came out. So the mob and, and, and New York city had literally had like rooms, of, of forgery experts just sitting there signing baseballs. Oh, I believe it. All day. Yep. All day. Now, now part of what an NFT does is, is, is an attempt to kind of authenticate stuff like yes. that. Because you could yep. get that, you could buy that baseball. You sort of like, hey, I'm going to buy it for my kid, Mark McGuire. Sign it. That's awesome. It's $100. And here's your certificate of authenticity, which I could have also just printed out on my computer. Yes, absolutely. Now the, the the an NFT is intended to intended to do that, but still that didn't stop it. So the, I mean, a fake Banksy NFT titled "The Great Re- Redistribution of the Climate Change Disaster" that sold for three hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we talked about this. It was like eighty percent or more of all NFTs on like OpenSea were either scams, copies, duplicates, like people take board apes and they just re-upload them and claim they're theirs or whatever. And they're trying to fel- sell like fake NFTs, right? Like that's like a huge percentage of it. I was going to buy this, uh, this board ape number 101, but I spent all my money on gas fees. So I don't have the $154,000 I need. Is that because of the the price of actual gasoline right now? Because it's also really high. Are the are the gas fees though? Like I'm curious, like what the gas fees are. Are they the same on 154 thousand? It would be the same. It doesn't matter what the NFT is. <laughs> OpenSea literally says uh, you need 89 more ETH plus gas fees to buy this. <laughs> so I can't. They're not even going to tell me what the gas fees are, but. Now, are those are those scalable with the size of the purchase? Um, so the gas fees are based on like the code that needs to run. So we talked earlier about smart contracts and Ethereum and whatever. It, those are more an estimate of like, like more like how many lines of code have to run and how long it takes to run those lines of code. It's not really like a percentage of the transaction price kind of thing. It's just more about the processing power it takes to execute the code. So Ethereum's monolithic and Polygon is microservice. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right analogy, but it is just I mean, it cheaper. feels close. Cheaper. Well, we're yeah, talking about cheaper. that, but you talk about like monolithic architecture, which is just massive blocks of code that don't really run efficiently. They're not appa- repaired efficiently and microservices are broken up into little tiny things. Like why is, why is something like Polygon so much cheaper? Cause you feel like you're getting ripped off with Ethereum. I got to be honest. Like you just do. Uh, the, the Ethereum is, you know, the, the old oldest and, and been around and it's considered the most safe and secure because it's very decentralized and it'd be very hard for somebody to overtake the network and do things to it. So that that's why people use it so much. 
That's essentially what happened with Terra, though. Like someone decided to take out a massive amount of money and it fucked the algorithm. The algorithm they went shorted it. and then they had they had a weird cap on it. So like if US if TerraCoin went below a dollar, then it immediately started generating Luna coins, which were attempted to balance it out, but they had a hard cap on it. So it couldn't even keep up with it. Yep. And the next thing you know, once that thing got wildly out of place, didn't it print like didn't they remove that cap and it made like trillions of Luna coins? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It got to the point where it was like thousands of them a, a, a second or an hour or whatever. Yeah. And it, it went crazy and now there's like Maybe there's a trillion. There's a lot. Yeah. Now yeah, I don't know how like you trust oh, 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 one cents or something. I think it came up to a nickel, which I, I was saying to you why that was occurring. Once that once that dropped and sat at 90 cents on the dollar for a couple, like even just an afternoon, you lose your faith in it. And so that's the same thing I think it's going to happen with a lot of this a lot of this stuff is, you know, once the, once the hype cycle ends or once something weird or goofy happens. And then a lot of these things is like, you know, a lot of these people are going to try to go back to the well again and again and again. There's going to be a Luna and, version too. Oh yeah. 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 So they've already agreed. And announced it. Well, I don't know how reliable that is. One thing I do know is reliable is if you need to hire software engineers, testers, and leaders, full scale can help. We have the people, the platform, and the process is to help you build and manage a team of experts when you visit fullscale.io. You just got to answer a few questions, then let our platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Fullscale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. You know, I talk to Startup Hustle listeners a lot through the Fullscale. They can, they can come over to Fullscale. I've talked to people from all over the world doing all different kinds of things. So, you know, at a minimum, we try to give you some good advice. I love talking to startups and entrepreneurs about what they're doing. So always feel yeah. free to reach out. I always, uh, I'm always excited if I can give someone advice, especially if it's the kind of advice that prevents them from falling down the money pit. I had that conversation with somebody the other day. That's <laughs> like, yeah. I've been listening to your podcast forever. And you guys told me this was a bad idea. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, and you finally figured it out. And they did it anyway. <laughs> they did it anyway. They did it anyway. <laughs> and sometimes you got to touch the fire to learn that it hurts. I mean, it is. And I, I think that's what a lot. And on that note, I think that's what a lot of people learned with NFTs. Um, I mean, some of these have worked out well. I think the thing that I realized that the people that are actually making money on this stuff are the people that are chasing down that they're joining all the discords, they're getting the whitelisted for minting things, and they're basically flipping them when they come out, yes. you know? So, I mean, that seems to me like the only spot that, uh, you know, one of the things with, with event tickets is, you know, ticket brokers want you to go to your computer at 10 a.m. the day that ticket's on sale. They want you to find a sold-out house, and they want you to panic and rush to go buy something because you're worried that it's going to be gone. Like, I will tell you right now, you can always find a ticket. That's very you similar. Always find a you can always find a ticket, and that's the same thing I found with NFTs. And like, very similar. I mean, it really even, it really even felt the same because – you know, ticket brokers. I mean, I, why did I have Justin Bieber fan club cards? Because I joined the Justin Bieber fan club, like freaking 75 times to get, you wanted to get in early. To, I got in early and then I sold it. I sold those tickets for a very large premium to people that 
hadn't weren't paying attention basically so people would sometimes call they're they're like why am i paying 300 dollars for this this ticket says 99 dollars and 50 cents i said you paid me to wake up and buy that for you three months ago my wife you know honestly most people you'd say that to them and they'd be like oh okay all right makes sense yep my wife did that one she couldn't get tickets so she went on StubHub or something and spent like two thousand dollars for like these front row tickets and i'm like you did what yeah. yeah. Did you go to the show? Yep. It was to Tim McGraw. Did you even get to go? It was for Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. You're the only person in the history of Tim McGraw that paid $2,000 to see Tim McGraw. Well, you know, you do. I don't know. Women kind of like do. him. Maybe. That was He's my ex-wife. Popular. I'm more, I'm more into Tim McGraw's wife than I am Tim McGraw. So <laughs> he's married to Faith Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. I might pay two grand what, to see her. What so. What do you think about the metaverse side of this? Oh, dude, I don't get it. I, I mean, it feels to me it feels to me like the same thing that I see with my kids playing Roblox. Like, why well, I don't need an NFT? I don't need to buy land in there. Like, I mean, I get some of it, but I just think a lot of it's bound to just be <laughs> dog shit. Can there it, really be five hundred like? Are there really going to be 500 highly sophisticated, highly trafficked metaverses? But there's never, but there's never going to be more land. Like land's a valuable asset. Dude, not in the metaverse. Twenty. They said that 25 years ago. It was really well known. Like buy land. They're not making any more of it. Then they built the internet, and then there was every dot com and everything else, and that was the next land rush. Now this is the third. This is the third time. That saying's applied to something, and there will be a fourth. I don't know what. And if you've ever played Minecraft, you know there's an unlimited amount of land. <laughs> well, right. That's the thing, though. It's like I mean, we're really work. We're not working with finite substance. Here. No, like there is ape world land now. Did you get some ape world land? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there, no there's man. an unlimited just, amount of metaverses, people. Like it's a stupid I'm investment. Just trying. I'm just trying to exist on the very small postage stamp of Earth that my house exists on. You know, and, and not in the metaverse. It's not in the metaverse. No. And well, that's it. We're done with an NFT series. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you want to go back to the very first episode, April 1st, we covered a lot of stuff. Be careful, people. There's a lot of weird shit going on out there. See you down it's, the road, Matt. Yep. See ya. Thanks. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.